My name is Greg Lillard. I'm the uh, Chief Operating Officer and Executive Chairman of Sierra Madre Gold and Silver. Hi, uh, Greg. Uh, good, to, good to meet you. Uh, we know the uh, Sierra Madre uh, team, uh, but we've not met or spoken before. And I just wanted, can we just sort of kick off, uh, give people a little bit of background on yourself? Where, where have you come from? What have you done? Uh, I've been in the business, let's just put it this way, over 40 years. And uh, I've been very fortunate in that seven projects that I've uh, been involved with in either a senior role or lead role have uh, become mines. Um, I've been working in Mexico since 1993, off and on. Um, had a nice success here with the Ocampo mine, which was uh, uh, sold to uh, Frisco for $750 million after producing over 200,000 ounces of gold equivalent for eight years. Um, I've, Uvia de Oro is another mine I've built here. Uh, we restarted the uh, El Cubo mine, basically took it out of bankruptcy and took that one from 2,000 ounces per month, gold equivalent ounces, to uh, 7,000 by the time I left. Uh, so I've really had a lot of fun down here in Mexico. Sounds like. Sounds like. And you're down there at the moment, by, uh, judging by the background. You're not at yes, home. I'm at the uh, our, our newest project, the uh, Guitarra Mine. Right. Which is located uh, outside of uh, Estado de Mexico about 120 kilometers from Mexico City. Right. Okay. Well, let, let's kind of get it, get into this. What, what I'm trying to understand is, you know, what you guys have set out to try to do. I mean, I think first things first is um, th this is not new to you. you you've been involved with this uh, project before, haven't you? Yeah, I was uh, uh, president of a company, uh, uh, Genco Resources. Um, it was actually after finishing, getting Ocampo into production, I decided to retire um, my retirement did not last very long. I got talked into coming down here to, to take a look at it. It was just kind of on a lark. I came down and within about a day, I realized that, uh, this was much bigger than Ocampo. It's an entire mining district. Um, so yeah, for, uh, three years, we conducted a, a very intensive, uh, uh, exploration program. I think we drilled over 80,000 meters, um, Genco kind of blew up in the boardroom, uh, and I left. Um, Genco then merged with another company, and then they were bought out by uh, First Majestic. And First Majestic operated it for uh, five years and then put it on care and maintenance. And uh, they did a great job on care and maintenance. Um, we've started up the, the mills, the ball mills. We've run uh, rock through the crushers. Uh, the flotation plant just needs a little bit of plating work. Uh, essentially, it's ready to go. But, but, but okay, the first bit, thing that people are going to be thinking there is, well, it's a company's put into care and maintenance. Why? Was it a question of just commodity prices, or was there, was there something more fundamental? No. Uh, uh, first Majestic purchased a, a mine, San Dimas, Tayotita, which is one of the biggest uh, uh, gold-silver mines in Mexico. Um, it produce, produces in a month what uh, uh, guitar was producing in a year. Um, so they decided to, First Majestic uh, decided to shut down their, their four smallest mines uh, to focus all their capital on uh, San Dumas. So, right, so okay. It was making money at the time. It was making money, but it just wasn't... Uh, Not core. Not core. It didn't, didn't move their, uh, um, 
the speedometer up for you. Yeah, okay. It doesn't move the needle. It doesn't move the needle. Um, I wonder how they feel about that now. We, we okay, you've got you've got this three projects. You've got like Atara, uh, you've got Tepac, and you've got Latigra. Um, just in terms of you, you talk about district wide plays, and I always say this about small companies. You're, you're sort of just above 100 million market cap. District wide um, opportunities can be a, an asset. It can be a liability because you got to spend money to to develop these things out. So, what's your plan? What are you focusing on first? We're focusing on getting it back into production. Um, I've been Which one, like, for, like Atara? Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. So what well, do you what do we need to know today? What what's it what what's it got today in terms of data? What's it got in terms of infrastructure? Oh, we've got over fourteen hundred drill holes now. Um the mine's all ready to go. I mean it was in, in production, the stopes were in production when it was shut down, so we can go back into those same stopes, bring them into production. Um my ideas with, with Genco kind of revolved around some bulk tonnage ideas. Um, and we actually did a feasibility study with uh, very positive results for uh, four open pits um, at the guitar mine itself. Um, I, now we're looking at going back to those same uh, deposits that were defined in that feasibility study and uh, uh, looking at uh, modeling it up for mining them underground. It's probably cheaper to mine these things underground using water now than it is to do an open pit. Okay. Okay, so okay, so bulk tonnage but on underground because there's because you've got the benefit of the slopes being there. I guess it kind of keeps the costs um, down. And um, so again, in terms of just that question around what existing data have you got that is going to you know help form this plan of yours, um, and you know how how you go how you go about allocating capital carefully and and you know, the order of play as it were. So how, how does this play out for you? Well, the database is all there. Um, to, to restart. In fact, I, I kept my old database. Um, uh, several people that worked with me during the Genco days um, have gone with me from, from project to project. Um, they've all come back. Um, some other people in other positions have come back, community relations. Um, so it's kind of like taking the team we inherited from um, First Majestic, which are very competent um, geologic staff, um, we've got the, the mining, we've got some underground miners now, uh, we've got the plant guys, we've made inquiries and a lot of people that, uh, were laid off are all willing to come back. Um, so we can get the thing started up in short order. Um, I'm, I'm shooting for a year to 18 months, uh, to start up production. And then once we start production, um, we'll, uh, um, incrementally bring it along. There's three ball mills now that are, are fully functional. That gives us around 300, 350, uh, 350 tons uh, a day capacity. There's a fourth one that needs some work. Uh, we've got all the parts on site to get that done. So we'll bring it up 300, 300 tons a day, then get it up to 500 tons a day. At that point, when everything's running smoothly, we'll uh, purchase another ball mill, yeah, either 250 or 500. But if 500, that will give us the capacity to go move up to 1,000. At that point, we'll need some mill expansion, but there's plenty of room for that. Um, but to get started is minimal. I mean, we have everything we need to get started, uh, including the mining equipment. It turns out that uh, a lot of the stuff in what I call the boneyard uh, can be rebuilt. Um, we've now hired a, a, a chief mechanic who also worked here uh, during the Genco days. Um 
and he's assembling a crew and we're putting together uh, rebuilding uh, four scoops, three scoops really, maintenance on two others. Uh, we've got two jumbo drills. Uh, we've got all the jack leg drills we need in, in the warehouse. I mean, everything's here to get started in short order. It's just now a matter of uh, um, pulling it together, getting a, a resource, new resource study done. Um, and from that, then we'll get a, a concise mine plan developed and then we'll be able to uh, uh, commence uh, construction. Okay, so, so let's, okay, there's a bunch of stuff there. Let, let's just start with this. Um, I think you've got a fully permitted mine for 500 tons a day. You're talking about 350 initially, wrapping up to up to up to five. Yes. You've got to feed that, and we'll talk about that in a second um, in terms of open pit underground to get that up to a thousand ton a day mill, which would I guess be I guess bare minimum for you in terms of where where you want to be. Because five five hundred is, is is not huge. But what does that kind of look like in terms of the capital expenditure or, or, or OPEX? Because obviously there's a lot of it's already there for you um, to get to the point where it can start throwing out cash because that's effectively what it does. It, it, it doesn't sound too expensive in terms of what you're going to need to throw at that to kind of get it up to 1,000 tons per day. No, no. In fact, it'll be throwing out cash at uh, 300 tons a day. Yeah. And so, you know, we can we could pr- hopefully purchase the ball mill out of cash flow, and uh, uh, perhaps do the uh, uh, the mill expansion also out of cash flow. So, ca- capital investment on this thing is just it's minimal. Interesting. Um, Interesting. And we've got a full permitted uh, the ZL tailings. Uh, we can continue depositing tailings there. But First Majestic uh, permitted a uh, uh, an area. Uh, it's again fully permitted. For dry stack tailings, and I believe it's got a capacity of, uh, I want to say, 5.8 million tons in the. Uh, so I mean, that's a lot of tonnage. Thousand tons a day will take you a while to fill that up. But First Majestic had, uh, um, uh, they hadn't totally um, done nothing during that care and maintenance period. I mean, they they did that. Uh, they permitted that new uh, tailings impoundment. So. Right. Okay. So, so okay. Well, it really, really does sound like a, a very simple re- restart story in the sense that there's not a lot of capex, not a lot of money to kind of get through. So, kind of cash flowing situation, and then you'll ramp that up, but be self funding rather than dipping into the market um, or any other kind of well or debt or whatever whatever the options would be for you. Um, so, there's a, there's a sort of time frame between now and a mine plan which you can then execute you talked about resource update uh, again what's the resource on this now what do you know in terms of the the tonnage and, and the grade and what would this new updated resource look like i think uh, first majestic was carrying seven million equivalent silver ounces in measured and indicated and around 10 more in uh, inferred um so now i've uh, um again that didn't include any of this bulk tonnage stuff that I'm talking about. Um, didn't include uh, a lot of the a lot of the potential here at the guitar mine itself. It was centered over at the Colosso Nazareno mines. So um, no, I'm numbers um, out, but I'm looking at for a, a a big increase over what First Majestic had. Right. Okay. Well, that that's where I was going in terms of what what additional data you would layer into any new resource to give you a set, give us a sense of how you're going to come at this because you've talked about open pit, you've talked about 
bulk tonnage underground. Is it a case of the, those things, you know, you know, come together, or is there? Is do you prefer the bulk underground versus the open pit? I mean, how do you feed the mill? I guess is where I'm going. Well, yeah. Well, well, all the data is there for the bulk tonnage. Um, the stuff with Genco, the pits were very high strip ratio, uh, eight to one. So you got to move nine tons of uh, rock to get one ton into the mill. Um, right now, I think realistically, open pit prices are somewhere between two fifty and um, three dollars a ton. Mm-hmm. So if it's if it's three bucks a ton, there's twenty seven dollars in mining costs alone. Yeah. On the open pit, and it's you can you can long hole mine underground much cheaper than that. And we've got two of the uh, uh, open pit deposits that have very very cohesive, tight, uh, uh, high grade cores to them. So we'll be functioning on or focusing on uh, on those. But all the data is there. Um, we get the, the we're shooting for around six months to get a new resource number out. Once we get that out, we'll have the the models and everything that we need to. Um, develop a mine plan around and the mine plan is going to be very simple because guitar already has tens and tens of kilometers worth of underground workings all the development's been done we'll have to do a little bit but um it's not like you're developing a mine from scratch and i mean we don't have to put five million dollars into doing a feasibility study just to get this thing started, it's it's all there already. So all we need to do is, is get a resource update, get a, a nice two-year mine plan around uh, uh, what we've got there, and uh, uh, we're ready to go. We've got the the mining equipment uh, needs some rebuild work, uh, re yeah rebuilding basically uh, three scoops, uh, two jumbos. Um, We've got, I don't know how many jack legs. We've got all the, the small stuff in place. The compressors are there. All the electric substations are all there. Um, they took a lot of the old, or a lot of the uh, wiring out of the, the mine, the high voltage cables. Um, that's all stored in the warehouses. Um, so I, this is just a, um, there's not many opportunities like this around in the in the business right now it's a, it's a true restart it's um, okay so i think the thing to be be clear about i want to be clear about before i leave this conversation is you're not going you're not going to go down some economic study process here you know enough to move into getting a mind plan done and then starting the process of trying to get this thing into production right so it we're talking how quickly between, uh, between now and when would you start putting stuff through that mill as it currently stands? I'm shooting for a, a year to 18 months for okay. uh, full startup. And as far as it is the getting the economics behind it, we've got five years of detailed uh, production records, uh, accounting records. I mean, we know how much it costs to run this place. Um, it's, it's all there. So it's, uh, um, you know, like I said, we're saying it's hard to get a feasibility study done for less than, than 5 million bucks anymore. And all the drilling's taken place. We've got over 1,400 drill holes. Um, so it's, you don't need a whole lot of, of uh, that sort of work done to get it started up. 
then once we start up, yes, then we'll start doing uh, some exploration work, and that'll focus on the East District. Right. Okay. So, the, so just in in your mind or in, in the mind of the board, you're saying there's no risk associated with not doing some kind of study around this because we've got all information we need, and the previous team who ran this thing are the people who are going to be d- doing it. Is that is that right? I'm mean, I'm just trying to go. How, what's your risk assessment on this compared to a lot most every other project? It's very low risk. I mean, the mill's already built. The processing plant's already built. The underground mine's already developed. Um, we've got the production records and those and the costs associated with that um, from 2012, 2013 until 2018. Um, do I think it's going to change? Is the um, cost of the materials? We get bids on that, um, and the. Uh, um, we already have a contract in place with the uh, uh, syndicatas, the mining union, um, so we know what our, those costs are going to be. Um, it's it's not like we're trying to guesstimate uh, costs. I mean, even if in a feasibility study, it's still a guesstimate. <laughs> so no, we've got hard numbers for all this stuff. So yeah, it's uh, compared to other. Mine starting from scratch. This is a low risk proposition, right? Okay. So, and coming back to the question of how, how where, where's the ore that is going to feed the the mill going to come from initially, and what does that ramp up to look like over the next you know two three years? How how, how, you, how are you picturing this? Because the mill is where the mill is. So you you very you know you don't need to work out the best place for it. It's the case of what's the most efficient way of getting ore into that mill so we make sure the margins remain good? Well, the Guitarra mine itself is uh, is right next to the mill, obviously. Um, so the plan is to get uh, high-grade stopes that were just shut down. We can go back into those, restart those stopes. Um, we've got the drilling to see where we need development, uh, where we can develop additional high-grade stopes. So we've got the ones in production, ones to be developed, the high-grade You've got the uh, bulk tonnage, uh, the two de- bulk tonnage deposits. Um, those will, uh, so you want to blend those two so you get a, a, a nice economic uh, grade going to the uh, middle. We've got the Colosso mine, which is about uh, 3.4 kilometers away. And we get that back into production. And what they were doing there was they were hauling um, over to the Katara area and then dropping it down raises uh, or shoots and picking it up on the main haulage levels and taking it to the mill. Um, and again, we've got all the costs associated with that. Um, so we can get the, the high-grade stuff going back at the Colossal and Nazareno mines. Um, we got the high-grade in the Guitarra. We got the uh, Guitarra uh, bulk tonnage. And actually, over in the Eastern District with Genco, um, we had started a development ramp down on one... Uh, one of the uh, um, deposits that we'd found over there, we we're actually taking development or in the Genco days out of that. So we can go back into that. And uh, First Majestics actually purchased, um, I think it's like 34 hectares there or something like that, and did a uh, completed a feasibility study uh, that was signed off on uh, to develop a, another production center there. So again, that one's fully permitted. Um, the mine's the mines. Guitarra, Colosso, those are all fully permitted. Processing plants, fully permitted. During that closure period, um, 
First Majestic permitted a uh, 5.8 million ton uh, dry stack tailings facility uh, adjacent to the plant or just down the hill from the plant. So we've got that to, uh, uh, that's done. Um, and it, permitting is always a, a, a risk that people don't take into account. Um, but we've got our permits. Yeah, no, no, that's a big deal. I appreciate it. Okay, I've got, I'm have building up a, a, a sense of where all these kind of my centers can be in, um, I guess, the order of play, um, in terms of like feeding the mill. Um, you just raised 10.3 million bucks um, to do what? Yeah, how, how's that being allocated? You've got, to, you've got to be efficient with this stuff. So where's it going first um, and what's it going to do for you? We're focusing on, on getting everything up and running again. Um, we do have some rebuild on some of the old mining equipment that's here, but we don't have to order new equipment for the uh, the scoops, uh, the jumbos. All those things have a, a year or two lead time right now. Um, we've already hired a, a chief mechanic who worked on this equipment before, back when it was in production. He's come on board. He's bringing uh, a couple other of uh, the uh, mechanics that were on site. They're coming on. Um, we're basically going to be using the workforce um, that First Majestic had because a, a lot of them have stayed in the area. Um, the men are commuting elsewhere for work, but uh, their families are still here in the area. And uh, they've all, a lot of people have indicated a, a, a real desire to come back. Uh, they can be with their families. It's a decent paying job. It's better than what they're getting now. Um, so the, the workforce is there. All the tools, equipment, plants are there. Um, it's not going to take a. It's not going to take twenty million dollars to get back into production. It's not. I don't think it's going to take ten million. I'm hoping we can get it done for a lot less than, significantly less than 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 ten. Okay, so you plan. Okay, you laid it out simply. Um, you you're absolutely laser focused on getting this thing back into production. You're you're financed to be able to do that. You've indicated that the hope is that the the mill will actually be able to self-finance the kind of growth component. There is, uh, so there are a couple of other things. Obviously, one, obviously the the tailings opportunity. Um, it's it's fairly fairly low grade stuff. Um, but do you see value in getting stuck into that anytime soon? What would the capex be required to be able to monetize that? Um, we've already started gathering the bits and pieces to apply for a permit for. Um leaching Merrill Crow leaching circuit. Um, assuming we get the permits for that, then we've got over 2 million tons of material that's creating a uh, little over an ounce per ton silver and uh, uh, half a gram gold. And with uh, uh, cyanide leaching, you can recover at least 80% of the gold and 70% of the silver. Um, I've got a lot, all of my old metallurgical testing that I did with uh, uh, Genco through a third party. I've kept all that data. I think we can do significantly better than that. But even if you can only get 80 and 70, um, it's still quite attractive because all you're doing is uh, scooping up sand, putting it, you'll put it back through the mill just to churn it up and grind it up a little bit more, but it's already crushed. So that whole commutation part of it, the, the crushing and grinding is the most expensive part of any processing plant. Um, that's already paid for. So it's just the uh, uh, the leaching. And if we bring that in into line, we'll, we'll also be doing it with the, the uh, whole ore. And then our recoveries go up significantly. 
Um, it could be, I mean, the test work indicates uh, 72% silver recovery and over 90% gold recovery on the, uh, uh, on, on the whole rock, the, the ore itself. Um, you can probably do better than that if you, you boost up the uh, uh, cyanide levels a little bit. But uh, yeah, that would significantly improve uh, profitability. It still makes money with flotation, uh, but I wouldn't put the tailings through until we had a, uh, a leaching circuit. I mean, if you didn't get it the first time with a process, why do you think you're going to get it the second time? I mean, I've seen a lot of people do that. It's just like, come on, guy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to explain this to me. How, 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 come, how come you didn't get it the first time and you get it the second time? Using the exact same methods, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's, it's even quite, it, it's even unbelievable when people talk about having new technologies which will work this time. Um, <laughs> right, uh, we all heard it. We all heard it. Um, the other, the other bit. Okay, we're, we're laser focused on getting into production. Laser focused on producing um, cash. Um, does that mean that you? And I, I guess into you could ask this question in the context and the backdrop of today's market where drilling doesn't seem to be getting the um, response that it, it maybe once did, or certainly the the value add that it once did, do you park up any expiration for now and get the whole team focused on production? Or is there going to be some expiration components to this? No, for right now, we're focused on, on production. Once we're okay, in production, um, we'll use cash flow. The, um, the Temescultepec district... Um, was one of the six most Im important districts in colonial uh, Mexico. I mean, it was right up there with uh, Guanajuato and, and Zacatecas. Um, and it's just been ignored. That was what attracted me to uh, uh, guitar to begin with, was the potential of the, the Temis Cualtepec district as a whole. And uh, we have mining uh, concessions that cover the entire district. And uh, with Genco, we had only put about, I think it was 40 some odd holes over in the uh, uh, eastern portion of the district. And uh, uh, there were some real jewels over there. There was one mine, El Rincon, that operated from the early, in the early 1900s to 1934. Uh, but its average grade was 6.6 .6 grams gold and 800 and some odd grams silver. So, I mean, that's the kind of prize we're going to be looking for um, with the uh, exploration in the Eastern District. So, right. Okay. Okay. Something to come, something to look forward to. Better blue sky for us. Um, right now, focus on the money. The other, okay, let's just talk about the share register. Obviously, um, First Majestic are, as a consequence, the, the single largest shareholder, just under 48% of, of the company. You've got a uh some resale resale restrictions on them but effectively 25 percent every six months over over two year period are you are you concerned about that you think that's going to affect us a fair fair thing a fair fair um deal that you've done for them fair deal for you and, uh, and any new shareholders that you've got well they, they were the ones that wanted an all share uh, deal that was their idea and what they uh plan on doing is dividending uh the excess uh, yeah yeah. Says out and and then coming down to uh, uh, nine point nineteen point nine. So that's right. That's right. That'll, that'll give our, our really expand our shareholder base. 
I mean, we'll go. Yeah, from... I, I think the ex, I think the the sale of excess to um, existing shareholders, obviously unrestricted, is is not bad. It's a nice way of getting more shareholders into this thing. Uh, so nineteen point nine. Do they get a seat on the board, or are they letting you get on with it? No, um, right now they're happy with um, the arrangement as is. I think they're um, they've even agreed to go along with uh, our management decisions for um, two years. Okay. But they haven't asked for a board seat. So interesting. Okay. Well, like um, I think in terms of the first pass. That's a really good overview uh, for people, and like one of people to kind of you know hear the story. So we're you know we're we're, we're big fans um, of the the model, and I say not too many companies get us to start in this position. So it's now down to just purely about execution for you. You've got the capital, you just need to execute. And um, so I tell you what, Rick. I just said, Greg, I do, thanks very much for staying. Um, sorry, coming on the show, but do stay in touch with us and let us know how you get on. Okay. Well, do, Matt. Thank you for uh, having us. Appreciate it.